You're listening to Agency Highway. This is a podcast for agencies that want to grow their business and work less. Agency Highway is sponsored by Content Snare, a platform that helps digital agencies gather content from clients without digging through a storm of emails, huge attachments, and messy Google Docs. Sign up at contentsnare.com and use the chat widget to say you heard about Content Snare on Agency Highway, and you'll get a 30-day trial instead of the typical 14. Now, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome back to Agency Highway. This is episode 119 with Alex Price from 93 Digital. Joining me from the UK, Alex, thank you so much for coming on Agency Highway. Good morning, James, or good evening to you. Yeah, it's uh, when I saw the booking time come through at like 4.30 p.m. my time, I was like, what is going on here? Because normally if I speak to someone from the UK, it's like 6 p.m. and it's got to be early morning if it's in the USA. Um, so then I realized it's stupid o'clock, Monday morning for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm an early riser. I'd prefer the, uh, the, the morning slot. So yeah, I'm happy to be here and looking forward to talking. Yeah, nice. I mean, that's the way my life is now too. 7.30 a.m. is pretty much my go-to start time for the day because of uh, American time zone overlaps, just the way it's got to be. Um, yeah. And I guess that's kind of in line with today's topic about virtual pitching, because uh, I guess, you know, everything's kind of changed um, this year. People are much more acceptant of the fact that things have to be done by video. And I guess I never really considered that's got to be a lot of sales pitches or, um, you know, meetings that you'd normally have with clients. And it sounds like you guys have been pretty successful at making virtual pitches work. So I'm really interested to hear, I guess, a little bit about your background uh, and your agency. Yeah, sounds good. So I run 93 Digital, we're UX design development specialists working just with WordPress, so enterprise WordPress experts. Um, We were founded out of my kind of freelance business initially. So um, I started freelancing when I was pretty much still at school kind of 16 17 years old doing random odd jobs for like seven pounds an hour for people um that's ten dollars or something Uh, (laughs) and then uh we yeah just from there i kind of that turned into like 200 pounds set up a wordpress template for me into 2000 pounds for a slightly more bespoke project into you know 20 grand project which allowed us to hire our first couple of people so i've kind of stopped it every rung on the ladder in terms of like agency rates and type of work and type of client everything from like small sole trader person owns their own business through to global multinational now so it's it's uh i think that that experience of stopping at like every rung has been i think quite a good one overall because it's given me a lot of chance to realize what the kind of client landscape looks like and who we want to work with and um i think it's it's given me a different mindset so if we just uh you know, founded an agency um when I was like 40 years old and woke up on day one with three big clients, I think you have a slightly different perspective on the agency <laughs> landscape, having uh, having worked with everything and, and anything. So, um, I guess you'd have a pretty fun, pretty good experience of people you don't want to work with in those cheap days for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it definitely definitely some memories of uh, yeah. Even when we have the odds, slightly more difficult client now. When I look back to what I used to to, to deal with occasionally. Um, but yeah, it taught me a lot about customer service and what people expected. And a lot of the time, they weren't, you know, they were paying nothing. And, and actually, I was far exceeding their their expectations. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of the normal thing to do. Um, so yeah, we're we're a team of about uh, just over twenty something now, twenty two, I think, full time. Nice. Um, 
and we've got a separate team within the agency called 93X as well which is just where we do our digital marketing work for our B2B tech clients so our, our, our biggest kind of client vertical that we work with is B2B technology software SaaS companies really delivering the sites that kind of sit at the heart of growth for them um, and then yeah. are doing more kind of search and PPC and other things for those nice. clients, it too. sounds like a, a pretty um, somewhat typical agency journey you know to start with the you know, lower price clients and work your way up and then eventually add more services once it makes more sense. Uh, you know, I know, I think a lot of people try to add the services a bit too early and end up doing too much work or just, you know, burnt out because they can't keep up with everything. Um, but, you know, at some point, I think it does make sense to add those other services. But let's talk about the the topic uh, of virtual pitching. So, what you know obviously we know why you've switched to virtual pitching but can you talk about like how that initially happened for you like were there any roadblocks you know like how did that happen yeah so i guess the the wider context maybe even before covid struck is that um uh we've been only delivering proposals as pitches for a while now so uh we stopped writing like a4 sheets of paper i kind of just got to a point where i was like uh, an a4 sheet of paper is just the most terrible medium for communicating <laughs> like an exciting digital project um possible and and this idea that you just get a brief from a client they send it to like god knows how many agencies sometimes but you know we're, again it's one of the, one of our qualifiers is being careful about uh, how many agencies do you get the brief but you know years ago we used to make the mistake of just getting a brief it looked great we didn't know they'd sent it to 10 agencies 10 agencies write a long proposal they all just send it back over by email. No one's even spoken. We might have asked <laughs> a few questions by email. Um, the client gets 10 set of uh, kind of free ideas almost, a few different perspectives, a few different quotes, and nine, maybe even 10 agencies have just wasted their time um, putting together loads of free ideas. So, um, And I think we also realize that it's just so much more engaging. And our win rate as well, when we, we track all of this in HubSpot and stuff, I, I know that we, we basically win more when we were when we were in the room with a client so this was pre-covid mm. um and so we we then just kind of adopted this policy we said we no longer write proposals if you want a proposal from us then sorry but you're gonna have to sit through an hour of me talking at you um <laughs> and uh i guess it's a bit of a qualifier too like if a client doesn't want to or for some reason isn't willing to invest the time in doing that then for me that would be an indication that um they're not particularly engaged or excited about working with us and therefore actually how much of an opportunity is there anyway. Um, so that was kind of the, the wider background. But then obviously COVID struck in uh, in March in the UK was when the kind of, I guess, the more serious bit of uh, lockdown and, and fear began. And um, I guess obviously from there, things went pretty quiet. I think like most agencies you probably talked to, like as that hit, everyone just went like, what the hell is happening? And March, April were a little bit dead and then suddenly May, June, you know, <laughs> everything just went a bit mad and everything came back online and there was just a lot of opportunities and there was this kind of like pent up demand that um, was ready to go. So yeah, we just had this this big run of uh, of pitches coming up and and I guess that was the time at which we started really thinking about well how do we how do we make these work for uh, for us, for the client? What can we do proactively? What can we think about rather than just treating this like another video call? Um, what can we do to make the experience better? Um, right. So, what are what are some of the things that you have done to 
to like I guess things that you've learned from being in the room as well you know like imagine you're talking to an agency that hasn't really done a virtual pitch before and maybe haven't even done a pitch in a room with a client like what are what have you learned over that 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 an agency could take on so I think the format of a pitch generally and being able to kind of see the whites of people's eyes gives you a lot to work with in terms of and this is on the assumption that in a virtual pitch that they've got the cameras on which I will always put my camera on occasionally we have clients that just um, leave their camera off when they join the call and like I don't think it's it's not my place to say please turn your camera on I think that (laughs) might be a number of reasons why they're doing that so that's cool but even if they do that I will still leave mine on because I think I think I think we all have to remember as agencies that like our clients are choosing us because there is some degree of like buying from a human and some degree of personal link and, and I'm very happy and comfortable at this stage to say like some people might think I'm a dick and they don't want to work with me like that's cool too like I'm I have no problem with that but equally there's others that for whatever reason we will connect and there will be a, a, a kind of click of some kind and and that's what's needed to win a pitch so I think you have to be able to put your be prepared to put your cards on the table and say um you know this is this is the situation i guess um it, in the beginning we were putting a lot of thought into kind of i guess the presentation format and um thinking about i guess small things like how do you how do you have your screen set up are you able to look kind of towards where the client's looking but at the same time have your deck in front of you um is your camera aligned with you know some people have a screen that's kind of off to the right hand side and they spend the whole it's been the whole pitch basically <laughs> just looking in another direction um it's kind of like uh, speaking from stage too you know there's a there's something to be said when you, when you notice when you at a talk and and someone's always looking at the notes it's definitely not the same experience exactly, yeah yeah it's the same thing um i think thinking about background a bit and just almost how you're like framing your shot there was a time i'm actually not in not in the office at the moment but um if i'm doing a pitch from the office i've been using the office myself a bit even though it's more or less closed but um you know there's we've got trophies and stuff in the office and you know, a bit of subtle subconscious placing of a, a gold trophy over my right shoulder <laughs> um is something that I've, I've thought about um just being able to get the vibe across of the business and the agency in the office um, yeah I think that's an advantage in itself um, i feel like my background wouldn't work too well with uh, enterprise clients there's like literally two skateboards uh there so <laughs> probably not the thing you you say that jokingly but at the same time like it's you right and mm-hmm. on a personal level and i think that's the great thing about the virtual pitch too from a client's angle is that we're kind of if their camera is on you kind of end up in their living room with them right or in their home office or like it i think there's there's more of a divide but there's also much less of a divide in a weird way because people are quite literally welcoming you into their home to sell to you I think it's amazing how how it's all happened like that people are now just so much more accepting of like kids running around you know before that would have been such a big deal if like a kid came into shot I remember there was like a a meme where like a news presenter was this way before COVID yeah and then that kid came in and like now that's probably normal right it's it's really cool that it's all changed that people are just like that's how it is now and we're all actually human and we don't need to pretend that we're like some big agency like I, I keep speaking to people with virtual backgrounds on zoom and to me it's just like I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of what I think. Uh, You know, especially if it's like some office background or something, like trying to pretend they're in like this nice big office. I don't know. It's a bit weird. (laughs) So it's a strange one. Yeah. So, all right, then um, what, I guess, what are the, the things you've noticed that are harder 
with a virtual pitch. So I think cameras off is a big challenge. I think mm-hmm. that being able to kind of read the energy in the room and see people's faces is a big part of a pitch in real life. And you kind of, you know when to pause, you know when someone might be about to ask a question. I think I, I always make a point at the start of a virtual pitch of saying, like, would you like to do questions as we go? Or would you like to do questions at the end and just kind of agree that up front? Because I think with Zoom or a virtual pitch, it's it can feel a bit uncomfortable. I think interrupting someone when they can't really see that uh, you're about to or you've got a question you can't mm-hmm. really like I guess you could wave at the camera or put your hand up or something but you know, there's no like accepted mediums for doing that right now um, yeah well they're really, they're, they are built into zoom just no one uses them there's the like, <laughs> little yeah, emojis yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's something that I think it's always good to think about my my personal preference is always to encourage clients to uh, to be to ask questions as we go I think it's much more engaging for mm. them to feel like they're part of the conversation which is ultimately the beauty of a pitch anyway and and why a pitch is more powerful than just a written proposal that you send across by email because it allows back and forth it allows discussion it allows you to get immediate on the fly feedback on your your thoughts and and ideas so i think i will if the clients some clients are more formal and they're running like a big formal rfp process and there's procurement in the room and it's like we have to allow exactly x number of minutes for questions and it has to happen between 11.17 and 11.28 or something crazy and um, but I think my uh, my preference is always to, to try and keep it engaged so I will even if they've said their last questions I, I will kind of pause as the slide goes along and kind of say like you know is there a question at this point does that all make sense just just take a few uh, a few moments to pause and there almost always is something that people have as a question to ask um, so yeah I think that's a really really key part of it is that that kind of flow and, and cadence and keeping the the momentum going through it. I think that also is really important to think about when you're working with your team on a pitch. Obviously, most pitches, there might be at least one or two other members of our team joining me, talking about things from a technical angle or from a UX design angle or, or an account director joining or something. Um, and so who's steering the deck? Are you able to communicate outside of zoom i've heard horror stories of people using the the zoom chat and trying to message just their team and then accidentally messaging everybody on the zoom and the client seeing it and all this kind of stuff so Oof. <laughs> i'm always worried about that with screen sharing too because if you're using slack outside of a, a meeting in and they've got notifications set up it might pop up in the the bottom right hand corner of the screen so yeah. yeah having something set up there beforehand uh that you know is safe is <laughs> that's a really good point that i had thought of yeah so whatsapp whatsapp chat was recommended by someone else i was speaking to it's just like having a whatsapp chat with your with your teammates outside on your phones i think zoom now you can select a a window specifically so rather than sharing your whole screen you don't get anything sliding in on top uh which kind of hopefully solves that problem that you just yeah yeah, it can be embarrassing (laughs) it's a very good uh point yeah, to, to actually highlight a window because, you know, some people like me prefer WhatsApp web and I actually have a desktop Windows app <laughs> for WhatsApp as well and it, it can pop up notifications as well. I don't have them turned on, but yeah, it's probably something you need to discuss beforehand. Do you manage WordPress sites for your clients? If so, you should probably check out WP Remote. It's a central platform to manage all of your sites in one place. That includes security, malware, uptime monitoring, and it's even got a built-in staging system. But my favorite feature is the visual regression system that will give you an alert if something breaks on an update so you can get in there and fix it. 
It was created by the same people behind BlogVault and Melcare. Now, BlogVault is one of the best backup plugins I've used, and it's also trusted by some of the biggest WP maintenance agencies out there like GoWP, WP Buffs, WP Valet. So if these guys rely on it, you know it's rock solid. You can try WP Remote for free and get 10% off any of the paid offerings by going to wpremote.com slash highway. Now let's get back to the show. I like that idea for having um, you know, a spot for questions almost after every slide as well, because like you said, it can be so hard to read the room on you know, on a virtual pitch that you don't get that those subtle cues, especially with cameras off. That would be very brutal. Um, so encouraging questions after each thing must be yeah, a really good, good solution to that. It's even just while you've been talking about this, I've been thinking that like this doesn't even just apply to pitches where it's you know, multiple agencies going for the same job, like a, an RFP. But it's a common theme with a few guests recently, like about, you know, sales, where not sending a proposal directly to the client. Like the only way they will uh, send the client a proposal is via a Zoom meeting. And if they don't want to take the Zoom meeting, then they it's not a fit immediately. Uh, you know, what someone even basically said, you know, because I'm the kind of person that rejects in person or like any meetings if possible. Um, and I was like, what would you do if I did that? And they're like, well, we just assume you weren't a good client. I was like, oh, burn. But, you know, it's the truth. That's how you choose. It's your decision to choose who you want to work with. Yeah, I mean, I guess I do see it from the client's perspective sometimes. And, yeah, again, as I mentioned earlier, some of having to follow pretty rigid RFP processes and procurement are running the show and you have to go through these steps and you have to have a certain number of agencies. And But then I, I still think that's on the agency to think, you know, to ask the questions and, if that's the case, then I know for us, we probably wouldn't take part in that kind of process generally. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a huge indicator. Like, you know, I think my record is that we once had a, we had a brief come through or an RFP that had been shared with, I think, 36 agencies, 32 agencies. Wow. And this was like a, yeah, and this was a, I think it transpired to be like a 15,000 pound website project. So I, I actually crunched the numbers. I was like, okay, so, 31 agencies or something aren't going to win this if the average hourly rate in the uk for an agency is like 90 pounds an hour and they each spend x number of hours responding to this proposal in a basic sense this project is actually like a net loss to the uk economy like more money is being spent and wasted writing proposals and responding to this than actually exists in the total size of the project wow Um, yeah so you have to be you have to be really careful of things like that and you know this is i'm sure we could do a whole other episode on on qualification and mm-hmm. um choosing who you work with and stuff but i th- yeah i think i've never had a client an agent uh yeah a client come back to me and say this is the reason why we don't want to sit through your pitch and me go okay fair enough like th- th- there isn't really a good one from my perspective like we want to work with clients that are excited about working with us that are passionate about what we do are interested in our insights and and um if they're not willing to spend you know 45 minutes an hour hearing us talk about how we can help then something's up they've probably chosen the agency already they've got an agency they've already worked with they're just having to get a few quotes for the sake of procurement you know there's a lot of reasons why that might not uh might not be possible and they all sound like good reasons that you wouldn't want to work with them anyway <laughs> or wouldn't want to waste your time at least exactly yeah yeah i really like this and i mean and of course you would ask you would try and uh 
pitch that to them or the you know a pitch about a pitch um get them involved in a uh, an actual pitch before you go and create the whole pitch deck and everything yeah. Yeah. yeah i used to be quite quite scared about asking that question but i just i think what what i've come to realize is that like most clients don't spend you know even if they've been in marketing for like 20 years how many website projects are they actually like set up to procure and manage like they might have only been involved in a handful like maybe three four across their career and even then they might not have been running them and so a lot of times they don't have like rigid expectations for how an agency selection process should work like they're quite open to the agency steering that um, so i think there's a really good opportunity for for the agency to say like this is our process and in most cases clients are like if that's what you do then that's what you do we're happy to happy to roll with that um i think the other thing to think about is that for me being able to actually record a a virtual pitch is like the ultimate piece of sales enablement internally. Like I think we all forget that. And again, this is part of the the wider, like who do we pitch and, and what's the qualification, but you know, the decision maker should always be in the room ideally, or the wider stakeholder group should be there. Um, there's nothing worse than like pitching the, the junior marketing person who then just takes all the quotes back to a CMO that glances at them and just picks the one that he feels like uh, the one that suits them best or the lowest quote or whatever um so actually being able to record a video pitch and then circulate it with everybody else is is kind of the i think the the greatest piece of sales enablement because in real life people might not be able to make the pitch or they might be based elsewhere if you can record the the zoom pitch and then share around everyone so i will often ask at the start of a pitch are you okay if i if i click record on this you, know, you can share it with any colleagues if you want to. And most times people are like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it'd be great if we had a link. Like it'd be, it'd be great to pass this on to someone in sales or someone in uh, someone else in marketing that couldn't be here today. Um, so you know, that's something that you, you can't do with a written proposal. You can't do with a, a pitch in person unless you unless you take your own camera and set it up in the client's office. Um, so yeah, I think that's a huge advantage too. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, There's actually going to be my next question. Like we've kind of talked about some of the downsides, but yeah, the the, the upsides of this, and that is a, a massive one. Are there any other, you know, advantages of doing this kind of thing virtually? Um, I think that for me, the the major one is that just like having the asset afterwards. I think actually related to that is being able to then circulate that internally too with the team, because I think so many agencies will be able to relate to the fact that they might have. Um, they might have done a pitch uh the decision takes three or four weeks but by that point they've kind of forgotten what they promised the client whilst they were in the room with them suddenly it's like yeah we're good to go let's kick kick this project off and uh then the team are like what did the client say anything about this or did the client mention <laughs> content like, what are they doing about copywriting and stuff and uh, how are we going to get their content all these kind of things i'm like uh not sure but now i can just drop a, a link to the the pitch into um into our project management software and yeah, everything's on record which means you have to be careful as well what you say because uh, you can't make any promises that you can't live up to yeah true that yeah that's actually really good um i guess i try to record a lot of conversations i have with content snare customers that's our software product um you know that sits alongside this this podcast um and i have to record them for the same reason because like i try to take notes during the time but you always miss stuff um so being able to go back and i mean even create transcripts from it as well so people can you know, look for keywords um so that's really really powerful do you think like when all this covid stuff is done you know when we're going back into offices do you think that you will try to keep 
these pitches virtual, whether there'll be an expectation to come in? Um, I think if there's an opportunity to get in the room with a client and it's safe to do so and that's normal again, then I think I think I would do that. Like I think virtual pitching is great and can work really well, but um, if there's a chance to meet face to face, and I think that's still that's still more powerful. Um, you might just have to take a phone to record the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think most clients, like even in their conference rooms, they'll have like a video conferencing thing anyway, so other people could still dial in if they're not there, and like that's not that's not been uncommon in the past. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of best practice of learning that we've been through on this front that that will stick with us. I also think that you know, my belief is that clients are going to be much more open to where their agencies are based than they were before. I think we were very we were very obviously UK focused, but even within that, we were very, very London focused. And we're now working with clients in the US in Germany and Australia. And that's increased over the last few months. And I expect it to keep doing so to the point that we've actually launched um, a US version of, of one of our agency websites. So that it's indexed in, in Google in the US. And we've actually got like inbound leads now coming in through there. And I think, I think this was probably more normal in the US. Like I think a lot of agencies in the US were, were used to working with clients like all over the country, right? Like if you were based in Boston, for example, you might be, you might be working with a client on the, on the, on the West Coast or somewhere else in the US. And I don't know. I, I, I guess there was a lot of internal business travel, right? People would jump on a plane, but I imagine that video calls and doing things virtually was happening a bit more normally anyway. Um, but yeah, I think there's a whole world of opportunity for this to become the new normal and for for specialist agencies like us to be able to be able to work with clients all over the world basically um rather than being just fixed to a a geographical location as much as we have been in the past yeah so in other words it's good news (laughs) i think yeah no there's so much um you know obviously there's a lot of negative from covid but i think that the way it's forced change is definitely overall not overall positive but um you know for for a lot of us there are a lot of positive things that it has brought out especially in like a technology adoption and 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 the way business works um it's kind of just forced stuff that was inevitable that was taking too long um so I'm, i'm kind of appreciative of that side of things um yeah everything's definitely sped up i think that's the uh yeah, that's the risk too. The downside is that it's a bit too fast and it's a bit uncomfortable for some people and mm-hmm. it has negative impacts on certain parts of the economy. But like, yeah, I think when I look back to the fact that, you know, we used to make some of our developers, like some of our developers, when they're working on a project, they just put their headphones in in the morning and they just code all day and then they're done, right? And the idea that we used to make people get on like two, a bus and two tubes into London <laughs> and spend like an hour or more doing that each way twice mm. a day to then just sit in front of their computer write lines of code and then go home with a lunch break in the middle and you know, the odd chat and a coffee it's bonkers like, it really yeah. isn't and you know we're an agency we're a modern business we're a technology led business we're like we're, we've always had a pretty relaxed culture overall but we always were kind of um, we were a, a in the office business more or less full time um, and looking back on that I'm just like how why did we do that for so long um, <laughs> yeah we've been we've been probably more productive just as efficient uh, we haven't seen any real kind of negative downsides apart from like the odd strain on people's general kind of I guess like mental health but how they're feeling how positive they are about life when they're locked up at home like there's always gonna it's always gonna have and flow but yeah longer term I think this is definitely for the better 
Yeah, so what are you guys going to do? Do you think you'll go back to a part-time office arrangement or are you going to go fully remote? Yeah, so we've kept our office. Um, we, I think we'll keep keep using the office, just really repurpose what we see it being used for, like view it as a, as a kind of, uh, I guess, a creative collaboration space where we can run workshops and people can hot desk and... Um, but definitely not a place where if you need to do deep focused work for seven or eight hours a day, there's no point coming into an office just to do that. If anything, it's a distraction to be in that kind of environment, I think, for a lot of people. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely intend to keep the office, but be able to hot desk. And I think the, the good thing, too, is that you know, we've hired a few people over the last few months. And in theory, we've actually kind of run out of desks in our office if we wanted a full-time desk for every single person um but we're actually you know we're able to longer term probably hot desk people through so if we've got you know 20 i think 22 24 desks in our office we could probably have a team of you know 30 plus and just rotate people through because they're coming in part-time and um so yeah it kind of scales scales better too uh, but definitely believe in having an office as a space for coming together and collaborating and i think culturally mm-hmm. that's important for an agency I think so. I think for a lot of businesses, but yeah, I mean that it's, I think uh, commercial real estate's in a bit of trouble <laughs> for the foreseeable future. You know, I think the, the part-time working from home thing has become, was going to become somewhat normal. You know, almost everyone I know that has a quote unquote normal job is doing that now, you know, spending probably up to half their time at home, uh, you know, and that's, this is in Australia where things are, at least where I am pretty much back to normal, you know, like we haven't had community transmission in a month. Um, so, you know, and everyone's kind of doing the half, half thing. So yeah, I think it's going to hang around. It'll be interesting to see uh, how many, uh, how many of the big traditional businesses force people back to being in an office like law firms and mm. finance companies and stuff i think it will happen but um if anything i think in london you know like the, the cost of residential property in london has been obscene for so long so some of that commercial space being converted into homes and flats for people i think is probably probably not a bad thing with a longer term view property prices might come down a bit or there'll be a bit more, <laughs> a bit more supply so i wish i could expect that. that here things have just gone through the roof in australia for no reason everyone's really? just buying property and i'm like oh it looks like a good time to buy and now we're just like nah we are not doing this anymore it's just ridiculous why are things more expensive after covid anyway off topic um before we wrap this up is there any sort of final notes you have on you know virtual pitches and you know something that uh listeners can take away I would say just do some thinking, sit down with your team and view it as a bit of a formal exercise. I think the the risk with it is it's just another video call, right? Like you just click on a link and start mm. pitching. I think that's the easy trap to fall into is like, it's just a, just another video call. Um, we'll do what we need to do. Whereas I think there's a lot of small details you can work out between you to make it feel slick. I think I didn't mention, but actually, I think Zoom actually has like a remote control feature too that mm-hmm. I haven't actually played with. But like if you're doing a deck with, uh, 50 slides in it and there's three of you doing x number of slides each that's really annoying to for one <laughs> person to say next slide please next slide please um or to switch between for the client so being able to remote control on someone's screen and move the slides yourself all the small things like that i think are just really worth uh, worth formalizing so i'd say set up a meeting with anyone that pitches spend half an hour just kind of brainstorming hopefully there's some ideas that we've talked through just now um but kind of try and uh, try and map out what a good process looks like i love it Alrighty, well, uh, thank you so much for sharing this. Like, uh, it's such an appropriate uh, topic given the given the times, and 
you know, I think it's hopefully becomes a little bit more normal for people to accept virtual pitches, especially, you know, like you said, uh, business, I guess borders are being broken down. People are more uh, happy to work with people, agencies that are in other countries. So, yeah, that's great. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you guys? Uh, so 93digital.co.uk is our main website. 93x.agency is our other site. But I'm on I'm on LinkedIn, Alex Price, if anyone wants to connect. Or It's always nice to talk to other agency people. So, um, mm. yeah, look forward to connecting with some of your listeners. Nice. Uh, all of that will be linked up in the show notes at agencyhighway.com slash 119. By the way, Alex, I love the 93x.agency site. It's uh, just very clean and looks good. Yeah, got it up in front of me Thank here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no worries uh, Alex yeah thanks again thanks for um, joining the show thanks for having me discover how to grow your agency earn more and work less at agencyhighway.com head over there to get resources from this episode and full transcripts see you next time this episode was brought to you by Content Snare if you're a digital agency or just need to get content or info from your clients Content Snare can help you collect it on time and without enormous email trails Give it a try at contentsnare.com.